You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks. Welcome in to another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by Patrick Sheldon. Shells, it was so much fun last week, but we've got the rest of the dudes. And honestly, I miss them. I don't know how you're feeling about it, but I miss them a lot. Eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. I missed each and every one of you. Absolutely. And I miss Logan. I wish Logan was here tonight. I, I wish Logan was. But Yeah, I wish Logan was here too, but unfortunately he's not. Uh, Follow Patrick Sheldon at P underscore shells, or you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the Fan Sided Network. Jack Wright, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. Hey, thanks. That Shells, that sounded about as sincere as uh, Aaron Rodgers asking, getting, uh, answering questions about immunizations. That's about how sincere <laughs> that sounds. You, Jack, you know I missed you, brother. It's always good to talk to you and, and see your face, really. I mean, your voice is awesome, but it's always nice to see your face, too. It, it, I miss it sounds, you guys, too. It sounds a little less sick, a little bit. Slightly less, yes. If you want to follow Jack, follow him on Twitter at Bear Down Jack and that assistant editor of Bears Wire, the one, the only Brendan Shagru. If you want to follow him on Twitter, that's Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brendan, you had a top secret week. Can you can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I can definitely talk about it. I uh, had just an awesome opportunity to go to the FanDuel Fan Fest over the weekend at Guaranteed Rate Field. And, you know, I just had a chance to talk with uh, some guys named Devin Hester, Charles Tillman and Brian Erlacher and being able to meet them in person, asking Bears questions while also playing like adult like sports games, like a carnival game. Like it was awesome. So just the, the opportunity to talk football with just three Bears legends. And I was able to talk to Tillman for like 15 minutes one on one. That dude just so awesome. I, I can't wait to share some of the things that we talked about, but oh my God, what a weekend. Like it, it was insane. I hate you, but I also love you. And I, and I mean this because I know you're you're one of the most diehard Bears fans that I know. So like, I'm excited for you, but like simultaneously, like Charles Tillman, like that's like a dream to, and and you get a chance to like sit and talk with him for a while. So yeah. Uh, I, and I appreciate your honesty too. Cause like, you know, you could be like, Hey man, I'm really happy for you, but I also really wish that was me. Like real quickly, I'll just say I'm talking to Tillman. And right as we're about to do like an interview, Devin Hester comes up and these guys are dapping each other up and they're catching up. They're talking about their kids, like just basically like you're in the locker room and I'm standing there. The media guy right behind me is like, I'm so sorry. This should only take a minute. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. Go away. Like, <laughs> like just and like Charles, like even brought me into the conversation. It's like they thought like we were friends or something. And uh, as I'm talking with Charles, literally, you can hear it in the recording. 
Brian Erlacher comes up and he's just like, what's up, Peanut? How you doing? He's like, you know, they're seeing each other for the first time in a long time. And it just unbelievable, like old friends catching up and I'm just right in the middle of it. So stuff like that, it's just, it's priceless to see. There's going to be a lot more of that, but gentlemen, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you watched today. There was, there was an actual bears game, a real like season bears game and the bears freaking won. They won the game. Let's go. One and oh, baby. So Woo! I, I can't wait for Brendan's breakdown. But before we do, we've got to give one quick shout out. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. It's for you when it's convenient for you. Not for me, not for you, Shells, but for the listeners. When they want to book one, they can book it. Back off, dude. Sheridansbarbershop.com or 630-668-0137. Call and book yours today or jump online and get yourself an appointment like I did yesterday. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So Will just sent me a quick text message from Sheridan's Barbershop, and he was just talking about some of the uh, some of the fantasy advice he gave uh, Dontre Hillard, especially. It was pretty good. So make sure you're listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We've got some good stuff for you. Jack, can I just say this? And I'm bummed that Logan isn't here. You guys did a killer job with the pregame pod, and I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to those upcoming here. Thanks. We had a ton of fun with it. And Logan knows his stuff when it comes to gambling. Like that is one thing that he is especially skilled at. So you want to make yourself some money, uh, give it a listen pregame every week. Yeah. Make sure you listen to that Thursday mornings. We're going to try to get it out to you as early as we possibly can. Um, And some really good fantasy advice that is not just linked to the bears, some betting advice, and it's always some good stuff. Gentlemen, it's been a long time. And before we get to our quick thoughts and overviews of the game, I can't believe it. I'm so, I missed these so much. It is time for Brendan to break down the game. Let's hear it, baby. And I'm nervous. I'm hope I hope I still got it. So here we go. The Bears opened up their 2022 season by turning Soldier Field into the world's biggest slip and slide. And they were sliding all over the place in the first half offensively, unable to keep their footing. And the 49ers said, get a load of Bosa. Bosa D's nuts, got him! As he and the defense wreaked havoc on the Bears offensive line. Meanwhile, Trey Lance Bass and the San Francisco 49ers were in sync during the first half, making sweet music with their boy band lookalike head coach, Kyle Shanahan. But just like Bass and NSYNC, they were soon singing bye bye bye. In the second half, trailing 13-0, Justin Fields was just in time to avoid pressure and find Dante Lettuce Pettis, who choked free like a leaf to score. But the onslaught didn't stop there. Fields found out what St. Brown can do for you, delivering the package to the big receiver to put the Bears up 13 to 10. But wait, there's more. Eddie Action Jackson got revenge for the last couple of seasons with an interception. The last time he had a pick, COVID didn't exist. His interception set with the final touchdown. This one from Khalil Herbie Herbert. The Bears were fully loaded at the end of the game, winning 19 to 10 and starting the Eberflus era off with a 1-0 record. I, I missed it so much. So much. It's back, so much. baby. It's back. Football no is rust. Back. You didn't have to shake any rust off or anything. Like riding a bike, my friend. I think I got the score wrong at one point. So maybe don't well, ignore that. But 
Yeah. All you need to know is the Bears are trailing and then they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will get to. I know anyone that on Twitter follows me. I, I'm going to tell the story again and again and again. And I've already got her outfit picked out for next week. But gentlemen, let's do quick overviews, quick just thoughts on the game before we get to an oldie, but a goodie. All right, for let's do quick overview. Let's do Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brendan Shagru, and I will finish it up. That game was amazing, guys. It's made even better by uh, this delicious I told you so ale that I'm drinking out of um, the Ecro Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, uh, but it was just uh, delightful to see the Bears who have been just beaten up all offseason by the national media uh, to take it to what many thought was and is a Super Bowl caliber roster. Tremendous game. Um, I don't want to steal too much of the thunder for later on, but one of the things that stood out to me, and we talked about it last week, I think we even talked about it the week before, what a win would do for this young team's confidence. And you could even see it within the game. You could see how their confidence grew after that busted play. They got the touchdown. Things started to turn. The offensive line got better as the game went on. Um, the defensive line got better as the game went on. They just gelled and, and improved. And the adjustments were a refreshing uh, and welcoming sign from this coaching staff. Watching the offense and Justin Fields in the first half was a little disconcerting, to put it mildly. And I was worried. I was worried and disappointed. Then I looked up at the scoreboard deep into the first half, and it was 0-0. And I'm thinking to myself, this is one of the best defenses in the league. Hands down, there's a lot of talk about the Niners being in the Super Bowl. And so then I thought to myself, wait, so this is better than I expected. And really, I mean, honestly – I thought I thought it was going to be the same old story. Defense keeps it keeps us in it, you know. And then somehow or another, we find a way to lose it at the end. But but everybody's freaking out. Like if if you took the over on these bears, then you're an idiot, Ryan. You know that I love you, but you tend to freak out quite a bit, and you're like get kind of cynical and angry about it. And I'm like, no, I think we might be okay here. I hope, and I'm so happy about the way that it turned out because, as we're going to talk about, I just think the bears do a lot of things right. And that's fun to watch. I had a similar feeling in the first half. I mean, how could you not? The Bears could barely get any offense going. It didn't seem they didn't have a rhythm. They were getting blown up at the line of scrimmage consistently. And I mean, kind of all those fears that we talked about, like fields didn't look ready. The offensive line looked terrible. The receivers were just no shows. I know, Shells, you talked a little bit about it in our text chat. Like, hey, there was like no separation or anything. And yeah, part of that was definitely about the weather. The weather was a factor just because the soldier field turned into a swimming pool, but it was a, it was all about adjustments. You saw max protection. You saw RPOs. You saw Khalil Herbert after David Montgomery couldn't get anything going, moving the pocket a little bit more. And I think Shelsey nailed it with these. Once you get that monkey off your back a little bit, once you get that big play, you start playing with momentum and that carries over to the defense as well. And I just saw a team that, made the adjustments needed, which when's the last time we saw that happen. And that carried momentum into the second half to keep going and going. And uh, I think the 49ers at the end of it were shell shocked. They didn't know what to do. It it was such a sight to see. So just what a 180. Jack, I think you're, you're spot on, but I would also say that the bears looked really really terrible in the first half and it looked like we were going to have yet another season of pretty good defense and just atrocious offense justin fields 
had a bad first half. He should have had two interceptions. He, I mean, I understand that, that, you know, the conditions were what they were, but he didn't look good. And then he got a little bit lucky with a Dante Pettis. And I tell you where that luck came from. And then it turned the whole game around. And I agree with you, Patrick Sheldon, it is confidence. I will fully admit I was wrong about the start of this season. I thought like, we're going to see some growth, you know, after some stiff growing pains, but Maybe, maybe it'll be quicker turnaround that, than we kind of thought. The one thing I have to share for any of our listeners who are not on Twitter, my daughter, bless her, was just, it was amazing. I put her down as late as I possibly could for her nap. She slept until about 2.30. It was incredible. And then when she woke up, changed her, put the Justin Fields uh, t-shirt and orange pants on, I walk into the living room with my daughter and I watch to see Justin Fields throw the touchdown to Dante Pettis, turn the whole thing around. It's all, it's all my daughter. So there we go. You're welcome. Did you like yell and scare her? I used to do that when my kids were little and they're like, is this what we do when the bears are on? We yell at the TV, like maybe frightened. No, no. Lots of fist bumping and jumping up and down and, and just trying to be really happy and clapping. And so is she. That was so cute and so awesome. And she turned the game around. So hopefully there's a game ball for her somewhere today. I had friends and people I'd never met on Twitter offering to buy her like uh, another Justin Fields t-shirt if for some reason she outgrows the one that that she has. So it's fantastic. (laughs) All right, boys, it is time for, we haven't had this in forever. It's time for The Outhouse and the Penthouse. The Penthouse and the Outhouse is brought to you by Jeff Cadwallader. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? If so, there's only one person you should be talking to. That's our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most, and he's making it happen for his buyers. He's using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts, and it's not about paying the highest prices either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. Visit GenevaJeff.com or give him a call or a text at 630 630- 254-4734. If you do talk to our guy, Jeff, let him know that the guys in the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. All right, boys, no repeats for the penthouse. So for the penthouse, let's go. Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Yay, I'm so happy I get to go first. Boys, the guy in the penthouse without question, in my opinion, is our guy, Eberflus. We have ourselves a head coach, boys. The halftime adjustment, the minimal penalties, there were uh, three penalties for 23 yards compared to 12 for the Niners and 99 yards of penalties. Guys, the Bermuda freaking grass. Are you telling me (laughs) that it takes decades for a head coach to sit down, have a conversation, just have a conversation with the groundskeeper, talk about a couple of things and bring in a grass that held up that well? I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but we've talked about the field as a liability for a long time on this show. That field in those conditions held up amazingly well. His demeanor is great. Every time you go to the sidelines and take a look at him, he's chill, he's calm. I think he made great decisions today. He had his team ready. And, you know, Ryan, just real quick, when you were talking about that first half and how in some ways it felt the same as previous years, The thing that made it feel different for me was watching the play on the field, watching defenders be in position, keeping outside leverage when there was a sweep. I didn't see the same breakdowns across 
the three units like you might have seen with Maggie. And so it didn't feel like that clown car, that shit show that we sometimes saw. And so that just, it just felt better. I, I mean, maybe it's presumption, maybe it's a little bit too early, but I, I just really liked what Matt Eberflus did today. He's in my penthouse. Guys, I'm going to put the young players in the penthouse. Usually the rookies, they have to earn their stripes and everything. They're usually in the outhouse until they, you know, earn their keep, I guess, but they did really well today. Let's start off with Dominique Robinson. Who saw this performance coming today? Robinson, seven total tackles, five of them solo. He had a sack and a half, also a tackle for loss. The thing I was most impressed with, not only the the sack to essentially wipe away a uh, touchdown threat and settle for field goal early in the second half, but him saying that, hey, Trent Williams kind of has a you know giveaway to his technique. And being able to get past him for a sack after he, I think the stat was he had not allowed a sack last year at all. And so that for one of the best left tackles in the game for a rookie to come through like that, uh, I think is really incredible. And let's talk about Jaquan Brisker for a second. Jaquan Brisker first series. I mean, essentially he and Jalen Johnson saved a touchdown as well, recovering that fumble. He had the big tackle for loss. In fact, the bears had four tackles for losses Three of them were from rookies, Brisker, Robinson, and Kyler Gordon. And I will say, Kyler Gordon kind of had a rough go a little bit. He still had six total tackles, all of them solo. And I know those growing pains are going to happen. But, you know, and maybe, Jack, this kind of goes into your penthouse a little bit. Matt Eberflus is not afraid to play his young guys, and good things are happening with it. So I'm really proud of those rookies all around. So I don't want to single anyone out. But Robinson, Brisker, and I'll put even Gordon there for some of his efforts. Just a job well done by them. So I may be teasing my uh, outhouse a little bit here with my penthouse, and you'll see what I mean in a second. But for my penthouse, I'm going to go with second half Luke Getze. Uh, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. The the stark contrast, contrast in the play calling and how this offense ran and just the rhythm that they had in the second half was so obvious compared to the first half. I know on our text chain, we were talking about it, just how kind of flat and uninspired the offensive play calling looked. And I get some of that, you know, as they alluded to on the broadcast was because they were keeping in extra guys to protect only sending out two to run routes and that limited what they can do. Uh, But you saw a lot more creativity. I thought in the second half um, in terms of using motion more in terms of disguising, um, you know, some of those, those pads, the, the, the play design to Equinemius St. Brown, that touchdown was beautiful. He had him or Pringle, if he wanted to, both wide open um, for a touch. I mean, that kind of play design, I think, is what we were looking for out of the gate. And when we didn't get it, maybe that's why we were like, oh, here we go again. Um, you know, another another uh, putrid offensive first half performance for this Bears team. But um, they made adjustments. And Brendan, you said it. When was the last time we had a coaching staff make any in-game adjustments? And they look like a completely different team. Um, I am I am so excited and so high on this coaching staff right now. I hope they don't disappoint me. Please do not pull the rug out from under me, uh, Mr. Eberflus and Mr. Getze, because I don't know that we could take it. But you all had a great performance today, uh, and, and you deserve a little bit of kudos. So uh, second half, Luke Getze gets my penthouse. Patrick Sheldon, I know you're going to know this guy, Frozen Warrior, one of our, our good friends on Twitter that goes back and forth. We were just talking just briefly before uh, we hopped on here to record, and he he was kind of asking about that. And I think, you know, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I loved his growth. I think we're going to see growing pains, but it seems like first half, second half, like, I don't know, we've all been talking about it, adjustments, but I just love 
that, you know, he's going to get more comfortable in this position. What were you kind of thinking about that? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, we talked so much about Justin Fields' growth in this offense and learning a new offense, but there are going to be some growing pains for the new offensive coordinator as well. And to see him respond the way he did, uh, they could have packed it in, guys. I mean, the conditions were terrible. The offense was terrible. The crowd was getting antsy. You could hear it on the broadcast, I thought. Uh, it seemed like they were getting a little bit restless. Would have been very easy to kind of pack it in a little bit and uh, and just be the same old Bears, and they didn't. They came out with a completely um, revamped outlook in the second half. And and so, yeah, I think we're going to see some growing pains throughout the season. Great to get the win today, but let's, you know, let's put it in perspective. We're going to have some down moments, guys. Um, but it was just really nice to see the good things that they did today because they have been absent over the last few years. Brandon, I just want to give you a quick nod before I get into mine. Dominique Robinson, Maction. Uh, it's just really cool to see a player from the MAC conference, Mid-American conference, get really involved early on into it. And especially being a later round draft pick, like I was really excited about it. Not just a later round draft pick. Guys, he was a quarterback to start in college and then switched to wide receiver and then uh, defensive end. So he went from quarterback to wide receiver to, to an impact defensive end in his first game as a fifth round pick. Amazing. Action, baby. Every Tuesday. Get on it. Oh, man. NIU, we were so close against Tulsa. That was a great, it was almost like the perfect comeback. Sorry, this is Bear Show. Let's talk about it. Uh, so I've got two quick ones because we haven't talked about them. Uh, so second half, Justin Fields. Uh, I thought as the game went on, Justin Fields got better and Trey Lance got more skittish. Uh, Trey Lance in the pocket and being able to move around, he's very good. He's a very good runner. But as a thrower, he looked more and more uncomfortable as the game went on. And Justin just seemed, once he hit that Dante Pettis deep ball, he just, everything seemed to slow down for him. And it just was fun to freaking watch. And then Khalil Herbert, nine carries, 45 yards, five yards, an attempt and a tutty. 12 yard long. I, I, oof, man, we, we're going to talk about that one later. All right, gentlemen, it is time. We're going to go back the exact same order that we just went. It is time to hit the outhouse. So I'm going to go ahead and put Cole Komet in my outhouse. I, it just was kind of invisible today. Uh, there was that, you know, play early on. I can't remember which one of you pointed out, pointed it out in our, in our text thread, but Komet, chipped just a bit <laughs> on the uh, incoming rusher, but not enough to do any good. And, and I think Fields went over to him and said, Hey bud, need you just stick with that block just a little bit longer. Um, I don't think he had any catches. I don't know. He, he was just invisible today. And I, I think that we had all hoped that he would be an offensive weapon. That would be a go-to on this bears offense. And he still might be, but uh, he's in my outhouse today because he's practically invisible today. How about that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking this, uh, but just to add on to what Jack said, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet between the two of them, one catch who saw that coming. I mean, it's no way. Yeah. I, I was, just, and they won and they <laughs> yeah, won. <right>? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like if I had said that? that to you at the beginning of the game, that Komet Mooney would combine for one catch and they would beat the 49ers. Would you believe me? I mean, if somebody got hurt, maybe, but like the fact both of them are help, healthy, it was insane. And yeah, I had a big, I thought Cole Komet was going to have a big game too. So I'm with you, Jack. Uh, but my outhouse goes to pretty much the entire special teams. Woof. <laughs> I mean, let's start with Cairo Santos. We, we like Cairo Santos. And I know the, the field conditions definitely have a role to play in this, but still you missed two extra points. 
you then have the, I guess, early on, you have the field goal attempt where Trenton Gill and Cairo Santos try to bring a towel on the field. And I was, so full disclosure, I was, uh, the first half I was at a bar. Um, don't go to a bar during a storm because most of the time they have direct TV and guess what happens when it rains, the signal goes out. So I'm watching up my, on my phone at the table and I just see them throw a flag and point to a towel. It took me 10 minutes to figure out what they were doing, but just the fact that they didn't know that rule, like Santos put it on himself. That's fine. But that's another three points that you missed. That's five points. And granted, I know the bears won, but that could have been really, really bad, especially if the 49ers had any sort of semblance of an offense at the end of the game. And I'll just say some of the, some of the punt returns and uh, kick returns, it's really questionable. Why are you fielding those inside the five yard line? You're just setting your offense up for failure. I, I just thought it was a poor showing overall from the special teams unit, but thankfully it didn't cost them the game. Yeah, those are great points. Uh, and Jack, I, you know, what's funny. I was thinking about going commit in my outhouse and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give him a pass this week. I'm actually going to defend commit um, just what? because I, I, he was invisible, but I don't know that there are many opportunities for um, pass catchers today until the second half. And that kind of ties into my, my outhouse, which is uh, first half Luke Getze, not giving the pass catchers enough opportunities in the first half. Um, yes. Okay. I get it. It, it. Again, goes back to the max protection thing and, and his, his, his uh, completions, Justin Fields completions in the first half were to uh, running backs because he was dumping the ball off because guess what? Nobody was open. Um and so Komet was staying in to help chip uh, and, and, you know, routes didn't have enough time to develop. And, and it was just, it was a very bland vanilla um, offensive game plan. I thought in the first half, if you, if you would like put me in a time capsule and brought me back this week, I would have thought Matt Nagy was still calling plays in the first half. Honestly, it was, um, it was just kind of, you know, bland, Um so first half Luke Getze in my outhouse, even though I put second half Luke Getze in my penthouse. Um, I got an honorable mention for outhouse, but I, I think Dangle, you may be going there. So I'm going to hold off for a second. Uh, mine is going to go to Kyler Gordon. Not a fan right now. I hope he turns it around. I hope he starts playing better. That 44 yard completion to Juan Jennings was, he just got, toasted and here's the thing boys i think i've been very consistent about this i would have rather seen a receiver now jaquan brisker i more and more i watch him the more i love that pick it would have been nice if the bears could have gone receiver brisker and then you know get another db somewhere else down the line because here's the thing i don't think he's playing like a second round pick yet do i think he can turn it around of course absolutely but right now i don't think he's playing super duper well and i just I'm not a fan. George Pickens only had one catch for three yards today. I think it's confirmation <laughs> bias for my buddy. I think you want that to be, you want that narrative to be true so badly. Kyler, he, he was second in tackles today. He had six tackles and f- flew all over the field. He did get burned on that one play. And that's probably going to happen now and again as a rookie, but I, I disagree. Yeah. Brendan? And- and no, and I was going to disagree as well. And that's when I was, that's why I was sort of uh, hesitating a little bit to lump him into like that good rookie class or um, for the penthouse, but you got to understand like cornerback for a rookie, that is much harder to play. I feel like than safety. And that's why I've been on the train that Brisker is going to have the more immediate impact. 
it's going to take a bit for Gordon to get there. And I think he will get there. I still think overall, it wasn't like a bad game. He had some bad moments and yeah, that was a bad moment, but I, I kind of, I think Jack put it right. Like you really kind of want that narrative because that's, that's how you felt, you know, you felt that the whole off season and I get it, you know, that's, that's just how you feel. The first half, no receiver got any kind of separation in any way, shape or form. I understand that, that Pickens only had one catch. I I get that. But what I'm saying right now, boys, is this team needs a a weapon, right? Dante Pettis. I think that was a, that was a fluke thing. I don't think, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the coverage was all going to one side and they, they knew that that's where the ball was going. And then he was, he just happened to be open. I I didn't see any separation from any receiver in in the entire first half of the game. And I don't think that, that you could get let me rephrase that, boys. You could get that kind of production that that Kyler Gordon is giving you from a third or fourth round DB. I don't think he's anything special right now. Do I think he could be something special? Absolutely. But I'm just saying, I, I would I would like to see somebody who can catch the ball. I will say, though, that that play to Pettis, that's not a fluke. That's Justin Fields making something out of nothing because he I mean, he didn't have room to stand in the pocket because of the pressure that was coming in, used his legs. The entire defense went with him. They thought he was going to throw to Montgomery Pettis. Right. You know, smartly didn't follow because he saw the defense completely go away through his hands up. So I, I just don't I don't want you to. I understand what you're saying, but I don't want to call it a fluke because that was a really good play by Fields that Pettis was able to follow him up. When I, when I say fluke, I'm not talking about Justin Fields. Justin, that was incredible. Yeah. It was a phenomenal play. I'm talking about Dante Pettis being that wide open. That's what I meant. More, he, he didn't. Okay. He didn't burn a DB per se. I meant, you know, the fact that the dude was that wide open is a fluke. Justin Fields made an incredible play, and all, all props to him. All right, boys, it is time to get to. I've got two true false for you. Khalil Herbert clearly outran David Montgomery. So for true false, Khalil Herbert will supplant David Montgomery as the starting running back on this football team before the end of the season. For this one, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. So this is where I thought you were going to go with your outhouse dangle. Um, and that was going to be my honorable mention was Montgomery. Cause he was, I thought he was just bad today. Um, as far as the question, I'm going to say false. He's not going to be supplanted as a starter, but I think Herbert is going to take over the lion's share of carries over the course of the season. I think you're going to see a lot more Herbert and, and less Montgomery as the season goes on. If they keep playing the way they did today, Montgomery, uh, 17 rushing attempts for 26 yards, Herbert, nine rushes for 45 yards. He was the more explosive back. He was hitting the hole faster. He was hitting the hole quicker. He had better vision. He had better patience. Um, I said it in the in the text thread. I was like, kind of hope that they go with Herbert on this drive. I forget what drive it was, but it felt like a crisp, uh, critical drive. I was like, I kind of hope they go with Herbert here because he's been the more effective back today. He just looked, he looked like he fit in that offense better than Montgomery did, which is not what I would have thought at the beginning of the season. I thought Montgomery would look really good in this offense, and he may still. Um, it's just one game, but if things keep going the way they are, Herbert is going to take over most of those carries. If he's not, um, you know, doesn't supplant him as a starter. I will say false. I do think the bears will ride the hot hand depending on who's giving them a better game, but this was pretty much a recipe for disaster for Dave Montgomery, just with his running style. 
he's a downhill runner who kind of like embraces that contact and you can't get your footing and you can't really, you know, like set yourself up with good protection either. Bad things are going to happen. I mean, I've been saying for ever since Khalil Herbert started last year when Montgomery got hurt, I can tell that Khalil Herbert does have the better vision. And I think he does have a better burst. Montgomery's the better physical and downhill runner, I think. And in this game situation, that definitely um, appealed to Herbert's running style. And I'm glad that they did recognize that and use him down the stretch. So I, I think there are going to be much better days for David Montgomery. But in a game like today, it, it just fit Herbert's skill set more. So I, I'll say false just knowing that each one is going to get the line share of the carry depending on who's carrying it better that day. False. And maybe it's because I just hope it not to be true. I mean, I, I agree with all you said about, about Herbert. He, he did have a much better day and he has a much better burst and he's a very good runner. I don't know as if Monty had a single lane to run in today. So I'm not even sure it was necessarily And Brennan, you make a great point about, I do think Herbert has a little bit better vision, but I'm not sure if it was a lack of vision for Montgomery today. I, it just seemed like they were in his kitchen the minute he got the ball at the line of scrimmage or a yard or two, you know, depth on our side of the line of scrimmage. I just, I still think because it's a contract year for Montgomery, if he is able to stay healthy and if we get different conditions and a better game flow, I really hope that he is going to have current numbers and, and, and then to, to go ahead and couple that pair that with Herbert, who's just a great compliment that would be great for the Bears. So I guess I'm saying I hope false. I'm, I'm a little torn on this one just because I, I, I think you guys have kind of already said it, you know, that they probably will just give more carries to the hot hand. But there's just something inside me that just says that this one might be true, that there's just something about the way Khalil Herbert is is running, uh, that the, his his ability, you know, that. When they put him uh, returning kicks, it shows he's got that explosive ability. And I don't know. I, 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 I'm I right there with you guys. I love David Montgomery. I But I don't, you know, I don't really see him getting that second contract, which we've already kind of talked about before. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think I want it. But at the same time, I just I want the Bears to have a really good running back, whoever that might be. Yeah, we we all love Montgomery. I think we all love him as a person. We love what he brings to this team. I totally understand what you're saying. And Jack, I think you did what you talked a little bit about. He didn't have much time behind the line. Montgomery also does this thing where he kind of does this Le'Veon Bell, like patience, sort of like get it gets a little happy feet trying to find that hole. And a lot mm-hmm. of the times it's not there. He doesn't have that commitment to where he should go sometimes. So I think while that is true, and I'm kind of defending Dangle's point a little bit here. Um, while that is true, he didn't do himself any favors not being able to get behind or get through that line when things were breaking down. I think I texted this to you guys. I love Khalil Herbert's initial burst. And I think Brendan, we're saying the exact same thing in just different ways. He's just got this really good initial burst. He's a playmaker. And I don't know. I, I, I'll be curious to see how this goes. Gentlemen, for our next true false, we're going to go the exact same order that we just went. This win and the Packers lost changes your thoughts for next week's game, Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers? That's a really good question. And I said I wasn't going to overreact to a, a week one win. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say false. It doesn't change my outlook on next week. I still think that's going to be a very tough game. 
I do think there are a lot of cracks in the armor uh, shown today against Green Bay. Um, Christian Watson, who boy, uh, their, their wide receivers did not look good today. And for all the Packers fans who were saying they weren't going to miss Devontae Adams, um, I wonder if they still feel that way. So I'm going to say false only because I, I don't want to overreact to one game, despite my heart telling me like they could go in there and you, th- you know, I know Shagru likes to point to the, the new head coaches first time against the Packers have some success. So anything could happen guys. I can't even imagine what, what it would be like if they went into green Bay and beat the Packers and started two and oh, it'd be crazy. Well, it looks like some of the sports betting companies think it influences a, it a little bit. So on bet rivers prior to week one, the bears were a nine and a half point underdog. As of right now on Sunday night, they are a nine point underdog. So that's half a point swing to the bears. So clearly Vegas thinks a little bit better about our beloved, but I will say false because for some stupid reason, and yes, it is mainly because I do think bears head coaches and it shows that bears head coaches have had success in green Bay during their first season. I've been predicting a pack of bears win in green Bay next week. I know it's foolish. I know it's one of those things you'd rather be uh, too late on than try to guess it and happen because when, how often does it happen? It doesn't happen often, but this kind of helped validate that I've, I mean, I knew the bears were going to play hard under Eberflus, but as we just talked about all the points, the adjustments, the hard nose play, the turnovers. I mean, I think we, I don't know if we talked about like winning the turnover battle battle like that uh, fumble recovery and then Eddie Jackson coming back to life. God, that's, that's awesome. So just to see that. And then the Packers offense look completely out of sync. I mean, I, I think we knew that it, they may take a little bit step back, but that was really, it was tough to watch. And Rogers was not happy. He was bitching so much on the sideline. You would think somebody was trying to get a needle in his arm or something. Oh my God. <laughs> but so I, I am confident that the bears can go into green Bay next week and get a win. I'm so I'm saying I'm false. It's not changing my opinion because I've already had that opinion. Wow. That's bold. Hey, gentlemen, bears win Packers lose today. Let's just let's just relish in that for it's a moment. Awesome. It's right? just it's just soak it in. <laughs> so okay. that the Bears did something that the Packers couldn't do, beat the 49ers. Hey, oh. Well, they did do it in the regular yes. season, but <laughs> Jack, can yeah. you just say it again just because it's just Today, it's, yes. On Sunday, slower. The Bears won and the Packers lost. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Nonetheless, I'm saying false. You might remember this time last year, the Saints handed it to, right? Didn't the Saints hand it to the Packers? Jack, don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, I think I'm going to use the Tom Brady rule here. Like he's, Tom Brady is great until he isn't, you know? And I think to, to count the Packers out after, you know, one poor performance in week one would be unwise. I agree with some of what, you know, Shell said, and I, I agree with you too, Brendan. I, the way this team is playing, there's a good chance they go up there and win the game. But for us to ever underestimate twelve and, and those Packers, I think that would be that would be unwise. Um, I hope we get a win. That'd be awesome on Sunday night for once against the Packers. I'm going to say true, but hear me out, boys. Uh, I'm not predicting the Bears to win. I was picking the Bears to get blown out. 
I don't think that this Bears team is going to get blown out. They they seem disciplined. They seem prepared uh, and a coach that can make halftime adjustments. I like what? Like what? What? Do, right. what do, like what? What? What do I do with my hands? Like yeah, right now? I, like I I don't understand. And I know we've had this opinion on the pod for a while, but do you think the national narrative that the Bears are one of the worst teams in the league could be put to bed now? I mean, they're they may not win, you know, 10 games, but they are far from one of the worst teams in the league after today. I don't know how anybody can have that opinion. In the words of Mike Francesa, who cares? I mean, but I will say it is funny because there was like a handful of people predicting the Bears to win like two or three games. And I'm just like, oh, halfway there. Cool. <laughs> What's interesting for me is watching that people are trying to double down and be like, oh, yeah, this was a fluke. The Bears aren't going to win another one because it was raining. Like what? Like what? Last thing I'll say on that, I stumbled onto a fun stat that I tweeted out earlier. I realized since 2000, when the Bears have won their week one game, that's happened eight times in the last 22 years, I guess, at this point. Well, now nine times, but eight times previously, they have gone on to have a record of 500 or better in all but one of those seasons. So if history tells us something, the Bears going to be around a 500 team at the very least if you know, history repeats itself. And that'd be pretty cool. One more quick stat to follow that up, just because I think it's phenomenal. The offensive line gave up two sacks today, just two sacks. Oh, wow. One to Bosa, who only had four tackles. And I mean, every time they put Bosa on the screen, I don't know, I was like, dude's a freak of nature. That guy is just rocked. I mean, just muscular beyond belief fast and physical i I just i'm just i'm kind of impressed by that before we get to jack's question here's what i want to do from each of you gentlemen either something that we missed or any final thoughts that you want to share about the game where we're headed anything that you want to do before we move on for this let's go brendan jack wright patrick sheldon and i will finish up so boys any final thoughts anything that we missed about the game that you want to throw out there go ahead and do so right now so i briefly briefly mentioned it but i think we need to give a little kudos to eddie jackson for finally getting through that interception drought i just before we started recording i watched his interview with stacy dales and he seemed so happy to have that monkey off his back and I mean, he, he said it himself, like, you know, buying into like what the coaches are saying and really buying into the principle. is just, you know, you can see it happening. And I, I love the fact that he was playing. You saw him drop back. He read the quarterback size perfectly, jumped the ball, basically stopped the 49ers from getting any more momentum when they were starting to drive and get something. So shout out to Eddie Jackson. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but really have to get him his, his kudos there especially bouncing back after that just terrible whiff on Debo at the goal line. That was really, really bad. It was really nice to see him bounce back. I don't know, man. I mean, like that was Debo just, he's so much bigger than him. He just sent him to the shadow realm. That was, that was tough. You know, the one thing that I thought was a little concerning was that I felt like there wasn't much of a pass rush, much of the first half seemed like we gained a little momentum in the second half and began to hit. Trey Lance a little bit more, but Robert Quinn and Justin Jones having a tackle a piece and not really having a ton of pressures and not really being run stoppers. I was just a bit concerned about that. And I hope that their play, their play is going to need to get better next week for sure. 
So I've got a few quick points, Jack. I'm going to um, touch on something you just mentioned. Uh, the Bears, this is an amazing stat from Nick Wagner of ESPN. Bears did not blitz. He just tweeted out, Bears did not blitz the 49ers QB Trey Lance on any of his 34 dropback Sunday. Lance is the seventh QB in the last 15 seasons to drop back to pass 30 plus times and not face a blitz. Quarterbacks in those situations are one in six. That shocked me. That absolutely shocked me. Um, amazing stat. One of the things you mentioned, the lack of production from Quinn. I mean, we touched on it earlier, guys. One catch from Komet Mooney combined. Minimal production out of Quinn. Nothing out of David Montgomery. And the Bears won the game. I mean, that is impressive. And it ties into my final point, which is something just felt different about today's game. Nothing I can put my finger on, nothing tangible I can point to to say showed up in the box score and it means X, Y, and Z. It's just the way the team uh, looked, the energy that they had, the the morale, it just, everything seemed different. And, And everything I expected to unfold today because of how it's unfolded over the previous three, four, five, six years, the opposite happened. It was like, it, it was like the Seinfeld episode of oh, dangle. You don't watch Seinfeld. Sorry. Um, you have bad taste in TV shows. I watched um, it. I just it don't was, like it. <laughs> right. Like I said, bad taste in TV shows. We got it. Let's move on. Uh, just wanted to mention <laughs> that something about this team feels different. And I think it starts with the head coach, Matt Eberflus. There's two quick points that I want to make we've talked about this endlessly that this is a roster filled with guys who are hungry with something to prove. And it seems like in this first game, which it is just the first game, there are 16 more of these to play uh, that they wanted to prove it, especially in the second half, which shows a lot. And the thing, you know, I've been hypercritical of of this coaching staff. And again, you know, I look at the giants and Brian Dable got his first win as a head coach as well. And I think they looked significantly better than I thought a lot of people were thinking they were going to look Saquon Barkley nine, nine yards of carry, like get out of here. But, but Eberflus seems to, to, to have his guys disciplined in a way that I just, I haven't seen since probably the Lovey Smith years guys seem to know where they're supposed to be. Maybe they can't always make the play, but, but they're seemingly right now a well-coached team. And if at the end of this year and next year, if, if it continues, I'm going to be happy to eat my words, boys, and tell you everybody I was wrong. Hey folks, unfortunately technology sucks. And the last part of our podcast got cut off. Brennan and I are here to try to fill in some of the blanks. We teased Jack's question and we had some really awesome heartfelt shout outs that unfortunately just got cut and we tried to fix it the best that we possibly could and it didn't work out. We're really, really bummed and we're really sorry about that. Please, if this is your first time listening, this is not indicative of this podcast. This is the very first time this has ever happened and we're going to make sure that it doesn't happen to you again. But what we're going to do is we're going to try to piece together some of these shout outs. So Brennan, why don't you give your shout outs, help give out Patrick Sheldon's shout outs, and I'll give out Jack's and my own. Sure thing. And I will take the brunt of the responsibility because I had audio issues. So my bad, everyone. Uh, my shout outs real quickly go to uh, Aldo India and the Barroom Network, um, as well as Greg Braggs and my guys at Bleacher Nation Bears, Luis Medina, Patrick Flowers, basically just for all of their work for covering the Arlington Heights town hall meeting earlier this week. 
And uh, for our guy, Patrick Sheldon, he just wanted to shout out Dominique Foxworth for just being a, I guess, heel for Bears Twitter and kind of owning up to hating on Bears Twitter after the Bears beat the 49ers. So good on him. And Shells wanted to shout him out as well as Ill Will Brooks. Yeah, I was really, uh, I thought, you know, I didn't say this when we recorded it before, but you don't know that because you didn't get to hear it. But uh, I just thought that was really big of Dominique Foxworth to do that. Jack gave a lot of shout outs to the guys in the podcast for supporting him when he lost his dad and uh, Brendan for making him laugh with the Oreos and, uh, you know, the other guys for just you know doing their best while being on the East and West Coast. My shout outs the, gave a couple here. Peter Shaw, uh, I shared this with the guys. It was so much fun. He uh, tweeted us that uh, his boys heard his name in the car and they thought he was famous and that's why we make this podcast we, we make this for all of you people um and peter so we're so glad that we could give you a little clout with the boys um it just it just so you know dude that story meant a lot to all of us so thank you for that scott swartz you're not an niu fan but you sat and watched the game with me uh and we tweeted back and forth so thank you so much for doing that iowa bear fan uh just awesome we disagreed with each other and we did so respectfully and it was really fun i love that that's how twitter should be you know you say your thoughts i'll say my thoughts and we both end up bears fans at the end and that's how it should be the last one goes to my buddy matt clapper saw him by chance this morning while taking my wife out for breakfast. And he used to write for the Bear Down Report. He wrote some really good stuff. If you get a chance, go and look at his article uh, about being married to a Green Bay Packers fan. It's really, really, really good. And uh, he's a diehard Bears fan. The only way I made it through my first year of my career was because of him mentoring me and helping me out. And so I appreciate that so much. Guys, we're once again, we're really sorry that this ended up happening, but It's the first time and it will be the last time. And just a quick housekeeping note, because week two is happening with Bears and Packers on Sunday night, we are going to be recording on Monday. So the episode will come out Tuesday. So in case you're wondering where the next Bear Down Chicago podcast episode is, you'll see that Tuesday morning because we just can't, you know, record at two in the morning after the primetime game. So just wanted to give you a heads up. For all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we know that there are a million places to get your Bears information, your Bears podcasts, and it does not get lost on us that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so very much for Brennan Chagru, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon. I'm Ryan Daigle, folks. Thank you so much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Chicago.